Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to the Influential You podcast. I'm Josh D'Amigo, lead faculty for Influential You and your co-host for the weekly podcast. Influential You's co-founder and CEO, John Patterson, is here as well. At Influential You, we teach you how to take charge of your career and amplify your professional influence. Since 2009, we have helped thousands of business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs become more influential, more rewarded, and more you. Today, we welcome Jeff Cady to the Influential You podcast. Jeff Cady is a longtime student of Influential You. Beginning his studies in 2018, he's completed the Fundamentals of Transaction program, Mechanics and Practice program, and is now completing the most prestigious of our programs, Mechanics and Practice Two, Planning Strategy, Tactics, and Implementation. Jeff is an enterprise architect for Presidio in New Braunfels, Texas, and has a passion for how his clients use technology to transform their businesses. Today, he'll tell us more about his journey over the last four years of study and how he went from almost fully naive to having a plan for many different conditions of life. Please welcome Jeff Cady to the Influential You podcast and I'll also bring John Patterson in with me. Hey, John, how are you? Good, 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 good. <laughs> Very good to be here. And Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good to see you, gentlemen. Thank you for, uh, thank you for having me. Of course. Now, in your own words, tell us a little bit about your specialty, about kind of your offer in the marketplace. What is it that you actually do? Tell us a little bit more about that in your own words. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my, current, my current role is an enterprise architect for Presidio. We are a uh, global systems integrator, uh, and we basically help customers with technology of all aspects. So from data centers to uh, phone systems and, and everything in between. Uh, and my role specifically is to to help executives and upper upper management, I guess, uh, really look at what are they doing with their strategies? Do they have strategies? And how can I help them find a strategy and narrow <laughs> narrow their focus so they're not trying to essentially boil the ocean or make make crazy moves because they read something in a magazine or, as we would say, listen to the current and uh, and just made a choice off of the current. So. That's great. And how long you've been doing this for a while for different companies? You've, you've kind of been an architect for this kind of thing for a while? Yeah, I've been in the sales world since 2015. And I spent some time almost 12 years prior to that as a customer uh, running data centers and doing uh, technology work uh, for, yeah. for various organizations. That's great. And then I guess we'll, we'll start at the top, start at the beginning where it all started. You had some sort of an event where you realized, hey, I need influential you, but tell us what life was like before studying with us? How did you even come to find out about us? What was the world like before you started your study in the Fundamentals of Transaction program in 2018? Well, I I will tell you, I, I was very naive in thinking that I had it all figured out and that my life was going fantastically and that everything was going to be perfect and I didn't need anybody's help. I could do everything on my own. Um, I'm sure there's never been anybody else that said that. Not one. Me. Yeah, not, not one person. <laughs> we're, we're both saying it like, yeah, that was me too. Like, Go. Was, yeah. who, who is it not? So, right. All right. Good. So, yeah. So, so prior to 2018, I, I was, I was working for, uh, working for a couple of various companies and I, I just, I, I really did. I really thought I had it all figured out. And uh, I was introduced uh, by a good friend of mine who's, uh, who's completed all the programs, uh, Paul Adams, who, brought me under kind of into the know of what influential you was. And uh, I, I didn't quite understand it. And 
but I, I, I knew and I trusted his recommendation. So here we are, uh, you know, five years later, and I am absolutely thankful that he introduced us, uh, introduced me to, to both of you gentlemen and, uh, and, and got me through this program. So, uh, but life, life before I just, like I said, I really thought I had it figured out. I was, you know, by all aspects and, and by, I, I would say my friends and colleagues and such, I was successful. I was doing well. I was making good money. I was enjoying what I was doing. Um, I was, uh, but, but I really was not, I really was missing a lot of the, I was very focused on one thing. I was very focused on money and how could I make money? How could I make more money? And, and how could I be the best provider for my family? And it really, as I've been studying, it's really caused me to, to look at how short-sighted that was. Uh, and, and as I was missing a lot of other conditions of life that, uh, that were much more important and, and honestly, some that would bring money along with them. Uh, so I didn't have to put all of the focus in money alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, as I understand it too, one of the ways in which you began to see that you were sort of singly, singularly focused on money also cost you some things in your relationship. It did. Yeah. I, so I, I was, I was focused on at the time, uh, right about the time of the study of starting the study, I was working for, uh, for a very large, uh, computer manufacturer and I was traveling a ton and I was being very successful. I, I, I was, I, I had become part of the high performance program at this organization. So I was one, I was an elite of one of 25 in North America, got chances to go out to headquarters and meet with executives uh, I was reporting to a director, uh, nobody on my team other, other than myself was reporting to this director. So I really had, I was trying to work my way into a career path and, and was, and kind of being able to, to be not only that, but was, was having some pretty good success for sales and, and was making pretty good money. Um, but I, I didn't realize at the time because I was solely focused on the financial piece of it, that I wasn't providing what my family, what my wife and my kids were, were, were most critical, which was being there for them. So yeah. investing in the relationship with them. I was very much just, well, I'm providing for them. I'm bringing income in, you know, let me do my thing and let me, let me focus on this so that we have a nice house, have a, you know, have put food on the table. We can do all kinds of you know, vacations or whatever we need, we want to do. And just missing the fact that they wanted to just spend time. They wanted uh, they wanted me to build the relationship, and so um, that was a that was a really big eye opener uh, as and, as, I, and, as I came through some of the study and and really it took me longer than I would have hoped to to get to that point, but uh, it also um, it also helped. We were because of the travel. My wife came to me one day and said, "Look, you either we're either quitting this job uh, or you're or we're going to move to this other location, which turned out to be just outside of Portland, Oregon, uh, originally from Seattle, Washington." Uh, but it was, I was kind of traveling to Portland every week. And so it was kind of the first eye opener of I'm missing something here. Mm, yeah. uh, I don't know what it is yet. Uh, and at that's at about at that same time, it was kind of coming to light with the study. So it was, it was a great pairing at that time. And I, I wanted to just, uh, uh, as a, a second to that little question is, you know, in the moment that your wife confronted you and said, Hey, look, I, I just laid down an ultimatum, right? Yeah. What were you, did you think, but, but, but I'm providing, what, what did you think? 
I did. Uh, that was kind of the first wave. And then I realized that I enjoy being married. So that quickly fleeted my thoughts. Uh, and so that led to some deeper thinking of, okay, I'm missing something here. And, uh, and it was something because my, my wife and I were both natives of the Seattle area. We have uh, go with two kids, great grandparents close by, so built-in babysitters. So it was, it was a big kind of change to think about us relocating and, and doing that. So um, not only was it confronting from, uh, from the relationship standpoint, but it was also a, a really big change overall. Are, you know, are, are right. we going to be successful and, and really how are we going to do this? So it was something I hadn't, I had never really planned that we would move out of the Seattle area. And I guess here we are now uh, about four years later and, and we're in New Braunfels, Texas. So we, we left, we moved a little bit farther than just even Portland, Oregon. So, yeah. 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 Now you were in the fundamentals of transaction. You, you kind of had that moment where you're like, now I'm taking it. And you were just saying it took you a little bit longer because you were somewhere in the, in the middle of mechanics and practice when it, you really started to do the work and take the action and understand how important, Hey, it's not like it just happens. Like it's a practice. Like I actually have to move as an ambitious adult, not just act like it every once in a while. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about uh, kind of that aha moment about some of those things that you learned that would help you fix all of those breakdowns you were just describing with, you know, the relationships and kind of trading your intimate relationships and the balance. For, yeah. The balance for, for currency. Yeah, absolutely. I would say uh, it, I, I will just be <laughs> upfront and transparent. I, when I started the fundamentals of transaction, I had no idea how much work it was really going to take, how much deliberate practice to really be effective at understanding and being able to apply what was being taught. You know, I, I, I went through college and some courses I had to do a little bit of work and some of them just kind of skated through and, and made it through. And I thought, well, cool, I'll just sign up for this and it'll be another one of these. I'll pick up some tidbits and here we go. Uh, that was not the case. Uh, absolutely not the case. But I struggled because at the time I was traveling, uh, when I was when I started Fundamentals of Transaction, I did a lot of my studies from airplanes. I was traveling 100, I think the first year uh, I was I traveled about 110,000 miles in the air. Uh, and I was gone almost every week. And so it was a lot of trying to make meetings from hotel rooms and trying to schedule client meetings around the Influential You meetings. And, uh, and I just... It, it, I didn't put myself in an environment where I was able to really glean everything that I needed to or everything that I possibly could out of the teachings. Um, and, I, and it's funny because I've been I, I've audited a couple of the FOT uh, programs since. And it's just it's it's so fantastic to see how much now, even though I'm in, in one of the senior programs, I'm getting out of just auditing and listening to some of those those transact that stuff that I missed early on yeah. in, in that. But to answer your question, it, it was about session three or session four in MAP or the mechanics and practice program where I, I really just, and I don't remember what exactly in the teaching it was, but there was something that just stopped me in my tracks. And it was, we were getting ready to move. And, and, and I just, I didn't want to keep doing the same things. I felt like I, I, I just was feeling this I'm just doing the same things. I'm, I'm trying to make this work. I'm just trying to make this work. What am I? I'm, I'm in a program that's trying to help me not just make things work, but to be effective at working, be effective at all of these things. So why am I not applying this to this move? Why am I not applying this to my life at this point? And so it, 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 it caused me to step back and go, 
and that's, I guess, cause me step back and go, okay, I, I need to do some more focus here. And then it caused me to, to, to really look at, uh, as we call the conditions of life and, and understand that, wow, I'm really focused on one condition of life and this condition of life. If I focus only on this, I'm really neglecting a lot of other really important conditions as my wife brought to, to light of relationship, which I hadn't, I thought, you know, I was attributing money to fixing all of these conditions of life and it really didn't. And so just to have that aha moment and to connect one helped me really focus through the rest of the uh, uh, mechanics and practice program. And number two has really just benefited me not only in my career, but also in my, my marriage and, and in my relationships with friends and, and colleagues and, and, and now uh, customers. It's really good. And I'm, I'm kind of curious. I have the benefit of having um, two performer personalities with me today. Um, so if you're new to Influential You, we teach transactional behavior as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. And one of the things that we address is the different personalities and how they tend to show up in certain transactions. So I'm an inventor personality. And so I'm all about ideas. I know that the performer personalities are all about people, all about people. And I'm curious, Jeff, for you, and, and you're welcome to comment as well, but Jeff, I'm curious for you in, in confronting that, you know, that you had all your attention on that one condition of life. Was there an aspect of your personality that seemed to think that it's all going to turn out because you're loved and people love you and you're sincere and well-meaning and everybody knows you like them. And was there a part of your personality that just thought sincerity would just make the day? Yes. <laughs> I, I could say a lot, but yes, just to answer your question bluntly. Yes. There was a lot of that thinking that, Oh yeah, people, you know, I'm, I'm well-respected. I'm liked people like me. I, I feel like I have a good personality. People want to spend time with me. I, I hope. Uh, and so I, I think that, I think a lot of it was that it will just all work out and, and that if I just keep being me and not seeking help, not changing, not doing anything outside of just being me, that it will just, it will just all work out. So yeah, really good. from, from kind of the most famous, you know, philosopher, uh, that's a performer, Dory, uh, from finding Nemo, right. Just keep swimming, just keep just swimming. Keep swimming. And that, that tended to be my blanket ethic. Uh, for for a lot of you know how I was moving, and if I just keep doing this, things are going to work out for me. And then, 35 years old, no savings, spent a lot of time you know in music. I got confronted with, hey, no, you need to really focus on your money. But at the same time, to be able to focus on money and relationships and be used for that value was really where I went to to kind of battle. Does that any do anything for you too, Jeff? Or is that similar trajectory for you in the in the program? Yeah, I would say so. I think, uh, I think I didn't realize one of the big things that came out was I didn't realize the cost that I am in transactions and that my personality, because I just feel like it's going to work out. And if I just keep plugging away, it's going to work out. I tend to, I tend to go after the next best thing. So what's the most fun thing or what's the most exciting thing that's on the table. And, and I, and I didn't realize how neglectful that was of the people that I actually care about or the situations that I care about. And it causes, it causes what I, I I've heard lovingly called the uh, indifference of the performer. 
and and it's <laughs> it's not meant to be indifferent. We're not. I don't think the performer is meaning to be indifferent. It's just we get focused on something and then our focus changes to something else that's in the moment. We're very in the moment people. Yeah. And so we just keep going in the moment, in the moment. And then all of a sudden someone will snap at us or correct us back of, of, uh, and, and it, it causes us to go, Oh, what did I do? What did I do? And a lot of times what I found in the past that I would do was I would then try to, overly communicate how sorry I am and how much they mean to me and, and give them all of this soap opera story of, of, of why I'm, why I, you know, I'm still the best person in their life and, and why they how'd should that go with your, so how'd that go with your wife, by the way? Not well at all. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she sees through everything. So I just, she's a, she's one of our judge personalities. So she's very fact-based. So I can't, oh, that's good. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. So she, she identifies as a judge. She does. You identify as a performer, by the way, for those listening opposite sides of the transaction cycle, but beautifully, beautifully yin and yang. But um, that's great. I, I love that you're married to a judge who's, you know, doesn't put up with that stuff or doesn't, <laughs> doesn't allow it. I, uh, would sort of agree with you, John. Um, <laughs> there are days when I, I love it and days when I'd really wish that it would be a lot easier sure. on me, but sure. Of course. Of well, course. And, and I love the kind of talking about the assets and liabilities of the performer a little bit, because I know we'll, we'll probably talk about your aims in a second. And one of the sure. things that um, if you're just joining us, we're Jeff Katie here talking about uh, personalities. And right now he's talking about the performer personality, kind of that affable, uh, a lot of the qualities that you hear in the, in the uh, I guess, the performer personality is very current driven. Hey, you know, be positive, mm -hmm. you know, be authentically you, be yourself, tell people how you're feeling. Those kind of things don't always work out. In fact, it's been a thing for me that even this morning, e messaging John, hey, I want to talk about a certain thing, but I also don't want to be high cost and tell him the entire story because I know he doesn't need that long soap, soap drama, that, I, that narrative that I love to think in. Yep. What he really just needs is what are you facing and what, like, how, do we, how quickly can we get to the solution? What, what ideas can I add to this? Is that something that you learned about in the, because we talked a little bit about uh, the personalities. Did you find kind of the assets, liabilities, and, and maybe how to mitigate those, uh, enhance those, work with your personality, with other personalities to make yourself less costly and more valuable? Yeah, I, I, I definitely did. I think there was two aspects. One was learning about the personalities and then two was just being in study groups. So uh, in, a, in the program, we get in study groups and I was fortunate enough to have a couple of different study groups that, that contain all four of the personalities. And so just being able to experience and being in a safe place where I could challenge and throw ideas out and 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 as I developed relationships with the with the people in the group, having them call me on the carpet, it was it's a fantastic uh, learning tool, uh, and I would say that it, it really helped solidify and and bring bring that to me to so I can recognize when I'm doing something that oh wow that's a personality trait that I need to be careful of because if I'm talking to a certain individual like an inventor they don't want to hear all of the the story. They don't want to hear, as you said, Josh, they don't want to hear all the narrative. They want us to get to the point and, and, and make that point clear. And so I, I, I think that's, it's, 
it's helped me too in, in client situations of, as I'm picking up those clients and I'm meeting people for the first time, what personality are they? Can I identify that quickly? And then can I tailor a conversation? So if I'm, if I'm presenting, uh, presenting a deck on, on a technology that we've been talking about and I have a couple judges in the room, then I go down to the facts. I make sure that I highlight the facts of how this is going to be impactful for their environment, how this would be impactful for them specifically. What is, or if they're, if, if it's a financial person and a judge, how are, how are the, how do these dollars line up against their budgets and things? Uh, and, and so it's been really, it's been helpful in, in cutting down a lot of, I would say multiple meetings. So instead of having four or five meetings to get to the point or to get to a customer, to get them excited about or, or, or ready to purchase, it's, it's helped cut some of those meetings down. Yeah. I had, I had something on this cause I think what you're saying That's is so good. good. Um, it allows someone once talked in John and I were in a meeting once and someone said, Oh, I don't need to focus on myself. I'd like to focus on the community on others. And that's really what a lot of this is, is it's a solution for cooperation that allows you to give the same customer service, the same uh, joy, the same wonderful performerness that you give to people, but move in a way that moves faster. When you're moving, speeding up those transactions, those exchanges, do you find that you're doing that more intentionally all the time in all relationships? Is that why relationships you said have been better since the fundamentals of transaction program? Yeah, I would say... It's intentional, but a lot of it now has become second nature. I think being in the program, the programs and going through this for, for now almost five years, it's, it's become, I catch myself and it's kind of, I, I get excited when I get out of a meeting and I caught myself. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't let myself go down the performer track. I kept it on track and I, or I, I tailored to these people or, wow, we, we, this meeting was super effective and we don't need to have three more to get to the point. We've gotten to the point and we're moving forward. So it's, I would say yes, but the, the innateness of just having that baked in now is just, it's, and then not having to think about it. I think for a yeah. while I was trying to be very intentional with, <clears throat> with these meetings and very intentional with the way I was communicating. And, and I think it almost became unnatural. And especially as a performer, I, I like to, converse. I like to be someone that, that can talk. So I don't want it to, I don't want my conversation to sound unnatural and robotic. And so, yeah. uh, so blending that now to be able to have that in the back of my mind and kind of continuing to be my narrative as I go through, go, go through kind of all situations uh, has been extremely helpful. That's uh, so good. good. And that um, it sort of leads us into the, you know, that you could say the current chapter of your journey. Um, First of all, I love that you've gotten more effective, more targeted, more able to hear who you're talking to and then direct your communication towards that, more able to reduce your own cost. If you're listening, folks, if you listen to all of that, what you'll hear, and Jeff, you have to tell me if this is true, transactions go faster, they go quicker, there's less work, there's less meetings, it's, it just goes quicker then he's more effective. Then he makes the sale quicker and easier. So basically he makes more sales in less time. And that's a kind of fundamental point of everything that we do here. We want you to get mm -hmm. more and more and more effective so you can make more, be more rewarded, but also do it in a lot less time. We have people here who make a lot more money, but don't work as much. So I'm curious because you started off with how much you worked are you working as much and are you making more? Uh, 
I am working less uh, for sure. I'm still, I, I still have a travel component to my job, but it's much more manageable in the role I'm in. And I would say, yes, I am making more. I am making more in, in different areas though, I would say. So financially, yes. And I will be making more financially as, as I continue to, to grow these transactions, but I feel like I'm making more in investing in others. And I'm seeing that capital payoff as well of, Mm -hmm. of building a respected, building my brand in, I've I've been at this job since February uh, and I took it intentionally. I laid out when, when the opportunity presented itself, I had a couple opportunities and I really looked at my aims and I, I was very intentional about choosing this, this role over the other role. Um, because of my, I, I have a 10 year career aim and then a five year and a one year. And this role met that where I felt like I could get to that 10 year aim in this role where I felt like I was starting over in the other role that I had the opportunity for. And so, so fast forwarding that, I feel like I'm, I'm taking that approach into this role and building this brand and trying to be someone who is, is inclusive and I feel there's, you know, there's a challenge in, in sales where it's, we can do it all ourselves. It's a very yeah. me, me, me role, or it can be a very me, me, me role. And in the technology business, a lot of it is a pair. Uh, so you have a solution architect and account executive. And so there's, it's, it can be just the two. Um, in the role I'm in, I, I get to, I'm a national resource, so I get to go into accounts anywhere in the United States, uh, specifically right now focused on the greater Texas, Oklahoma region and such. Um, but it allows, it allows me to drop in and, and then I have to build these relationships. I have to build relationships with our account executives. I have to build the relationships with our solution architects. And I have to make sure that I'm, I'm not harming a co- customer relationship but I'm also building up, especially our solution architecture role. Uh, they're a fantastic team of individuals and, and being able to bring them in where a lot of teams don't has really opened a door for me and has continued to grow. I have teams reaching out to me now across the, across the country uh, asking me to be part of, part of. And so I'm trying to, now I get to be selective. I'm at a point where I get to be selective. So to, to yeah, summarize, right. yes, I'm making more and yes, I'm, I'm, I'm working less, but I'm more targeted in what I'm doing. And so it's not like I'm not just working less hours. It's that I'm working on the projects I want to work on, on the accounts that I want to work on. And I'm finding a lot more value and a lot more joy in what I'm doing because I'm, I'm much more targeted, which has caused me to, for the most part, work, work less hours in general. And how's the relationship with the wife and family? It's good. Really, really, really good. Uh, this move has been fantastic to Texas. Uh, we're really loving, loving that move. And that's helped, a, that's helped some as well. Um, but I would say it's, I have them in mind and I'm, I'm looking at things. So for example, when I first, when, when I was traveling and, and really was thinking focused on money, if I had a customer meeting, somebody called, I'd get on a plane, I'd be gone for a day or two, sometimes three, just depends. I'd try to, I'd try to make the most of trips, but it was also, it was also just a lot of ad hoc spur of the moment stuff that would come up. And so I, I would, you know, get on a plane a week later and be gone for most of the week. And I find myself now 
trying to minimize my my travel time. So if I'm traveling, I'm I'm getting up early, and if I can make it a day trip, it's a day trip. If I can if I can do stuff, if I can stack the meetings, I stack the meetings. And and I'm and I'm not afraid to say no. And I think that's probably, I guess, to tie in part of the the performer piece. I always had this fear of saying no, that if I said no, that I wasn't going to be respected. I wasn't going to be used. People weren't going to want to you know, work with me anymore. And no is one of the most powerful tools for any personality. But I think especially the performer, because we just want to please everybody for the yeah. most part. And so having that, having that tool has allowed me to please the people that are most important, which is my family. So I'm, I'm, I'm much more focused and I'm much more able to, to be here for them. That's Jeff. That makes me so happy to hear just because I know you and I've worked a lot together. I also want to highlight, you know, kind of life after and life now your aims you talked about. I mean, like the whole through line really is this idea of like, you know, I was lost. Now I've got found my way. Like now I know where I'm going. When you think about your aims and you start to move towards those, a lot of performers, I know that we're kind of like, no, we'll be fine. We're kind of in the moment. We don't necessarily like the planning, um, how is that for you? What tools do you use on a regular basis to think accurately that you've learned or tell me more about that experience, uh, kind of to wrap us up of what, what life is like now? Yeah, I would say the biggest tool I learned was metricing and having a commitment for myself. And I had never thought about holding myself accountable for the, the aims that I had, the things that I wanted to accomplish. And and, and creating an actual measurable metric that I could, or metrics that I could go back to, to, to say, yes, I'm successful. Yes. I'm moving in the right direction. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And that those two things paired together. I, I still don't love the planning. I'll be honest. Uh, I'll, I'll do it. Cause I have to, I, I have help now. I can go ask inventors uh, for some help on this, some of the planning, but I really think that I just had not understood that how much I needed to hold myself accountable. And I, yeah. and so now I've involved my wife or I involve my study group or I involve friends and I say, Hey, this is what I'm working on. Uh, here's my metric. If I don't meet this, I'm going to X, Y, Z. And right. I need you to hold me accountable. And I'm not afraid to do that. And I'm not afraid to, I don't like hearing it when I make a mistake, but it's been such a solid learning experience uh, to do that. Because it keeps, it, it truly does keep me on track. It truly has shown me that I can achieve these goals instead of just making up excuses of, oh, well, I'll just get to it next week. Or, oh, I'll just, you know, it, I'll just continuously, I will say, I was continuously changing my aim when I wasn't, when I wasn't measuring it or holding myself accountable. And mm, now yeah. it's the other way around. I'm holding myself to the aim that I set and I'm only changing it once it's either completed or when I come to the facts in the measures that it's, it's not that I was inaccurate in thinking or that I, I have now because of a circumstance need to adjust and, and change the aim a little bit. Mm. Now tell us a little bit about soulful objects. And I'm interested in this part of your journey because now I know you're part of a team. Yes, sir. The team came together here by virtue of people you met at influential you and you discovered some things about your own talents. So tell us about that. Yeah, so so Soulful Objects is a art consultancy 
that four of us are part of here. We have all four personalities represented, but yes, it was born in building relationships through influential you conferences, I think specifically, and uh, working with a gentleman, Sean Gillespie, who's a, an artist in, uh, in, in uh, wood and sculpture. And really just, it, it all started with grabbing a drink after one of the sessions at a conference in Ojai and, and saying, hey, I really liked what you had to say on, on, a top, on this topic of art. I, I'm never really been focused on it, but it's something that I'm interested in. Could we talk some more about it? And mm. that was the snowball effect that started, well, sort of started. Uh, Sean's an inventor and pushed back on why do I need help from others? And then <laughs> understood. I know you've never heard that either, John. So no, never. In fact, he said it on this podcast, just so you know. We're, we'll we'll definitely link his podcast to this one so people can hear his interview as well. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so so that's that's kind of started it. And we it went from uh, me getting involved and in, in kind of helping the business uh, from a sales aspect, really, it was uh, traveling to a couple art shows and and being able to help him sell art at, at, at shows um, to building a team. Uh, so we added a producer, um, Martha Renette, and we added a judge, Kim Corbett. And it's been just, you know, truly the slow down to speed up uh, tagline has been really what we've done. Cause it's been about 18 months that we've been working together. And from when we started the business and really looking at what what does that mean to today, it's been iteration after iteration, and we've settled and now have clients. We've had a, the business is established, and we're really moving moving forward with a, a totally different topic or technique, or I guess aim, best way to put it, than we started with 18 months ago. And and the four of us working together has just been so eye opening that when you really have a team and you're each in your element, you're each able to take on your specific role, your personality and what you're good at. It just, it works. It works. It works. It works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. Well, it, towards the end of the podcast, we always give someone a soapbox moment, something that they're really passionate about that would stand up on a soapbox and yell on a street corner. You don't have to, you can just do it here. What, what uh, is your soapbox moment? Uh, I would say a couple things. One, um, uh, the biggest soapbox moment is I realized earlier this year, as I've been working through this uh, mechanics and practice two or, or PSTI program, that I needed help to be able to get through it. And I'd been very focused on this as an individual sport, and I just I need to just you know buck you know buck up buck up Buttercup and and get it done. And and I just, I, I wasn't getting everything I knew I could get out of it. And so I, I enlisted uh, the help of a friend and also uh, influential youth student, uh, Anthony Nicoli. And we've oh. been working through this program together, uh, each lesson by lesson, keeping each other accountable, getting together regularly to, to read together, to answer questions together, to talk through the material, to figure out how we're applying it in our own lives. Uh, and not only have we built a fantastic friendship out of it, it's it's been, I think for me, just a, the solidification of go ask for help. You yeah. you are not, you cannot and you will not achieve your aims without asking 
and receiving help. And I think the other side of that for me was I, I've learned how to be a better help for others instead of trying to push myself on others and say, okay, well, I, I know I can be a help in technology or I know I can be a help in this area. I, I want to find ways that I can make that clear, maybe through word of mouth, through the, the ecology or, or other ways that allow people to come to me and ask for my help or guidance. And so that I'm not trying to push it. And I think I found myself trying to do that in my career as well. And in different roles where I would, I was doing more telling than, than listening and doing more. I'm, I know I'm good at this. So I, I can really help out in this area instead of just allowing others to find their, their way to me to then be the offer of help that I know I can be. And so I think that's been a, the, both of those things together have been really uh, instrumental in, in my development and my growth. And I would, I would say in very instrumental in my success at my current role and in my success at keeping on track with, with study. That's so good. And Jeff, uh, we are going to give you all the performer love and everything right after we finish the podcast. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for the value of your story. And now John and I are going to go talk about you for a little bit. Is that okay? I, I suppose that'll do. <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Jeff. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Uh, so, John, what did you hear in, in, in everything that Jeff was sharing? Well, you, you already know this because you've experienced this with so many of our students, but there are so many people who um, have a, a kind of singular focus on a condition of life. And, you know, Kirkland and I call it a gateway condition. It's almost like the gate the gateway through which I'm going to focus all of my satisfaction. So it's going to be money or it could be another condition. It could be relationship or it could be spirituality or it could be, be whatever it is. Bottom line is, is that when people do that and they focus on that gateway condition and as Jeff said, money, then they start to notice that there are other conditions of life that suffer or struggle or sometimes come around and kind of kick you in the butt and say, hello, you need to pay attention. So I love that Jeff and like many of the people that participate here have discovered that I can think about satisfaction in all 15 conditions of life and find ways to build transactions to satisfy all of them. And I think that's a phenomenal thing to hear uh, someone tell the tale of. I'm, I'm so glad that he's, you know, gotten that lesson about well, you. For, for me, it's, you know, I, I get to study with Jeff all the time and hearing the similarities in our experiences kind of kicks me in the face all the time. Like, hey, when am I focusing too much on money or currency? You know, and that's all I'm thinking about when I don't think about all the other conditions of life that I am satisfying, that I am working on. Um, I love his ability to be self-aware there's a self-awareness that something about performers that they're very self-aware in the sense of like, I, I, I'm good with people. I'm great with people. But the intentionality and the way that he's moving uh, on top of that to mitigate those costs. Um, I've always been taught uh, be in, right, out, right, up, right, down, right, happy all the time. And sometimes that drives <laughs> people insane and can be yeah. so costly when people are trying to get to work. Being able to humble ourselves and realize, hey, it's not about me. It's just right now, this is not the appropriate mood for what's going on in the transaction and making sure right. that I'm bringing that with me to the transaction 
it'll it's it's novel i think for a performer in many senses because we just feel like we should be happy go lucky everywhere we go right but when you're able to sort of find fine tune those different areas there's so many things that he's mentioned that are going well for him his his family his relationships his money he's more satisfied with where he lives I mean, I, we literally could probably go through this all with a fine tooth and comb and find a condition of life in almost every area, including in spirituality, in his, you know, what he typed to us. So it's, to me, it's, it's a justification that the study that I'm doing is going to pay off the same way that it paid off for him and to keep going because, boy, sometimes it is hard to say just keep swimming. But if you know your aims, you know where you're going, it's so easy to know what to say yes to and like what Jeff said, say no to. And yeah. that's really what I took away. That's so, right. um, yeah, well, that's that's our show for today. I'm going to take us out and tell you, if you'd like to know more about us, well, you can go to InfluentialU.Global and explore our courses, consulting, and conferences. We offer a four-year curriculum for those seeking an advanced experience. However, if you're new to InfluentialU, we recommend that you start with Thrive. It's our self-guided training. Thrive is a self-guided program that lets you learn at your own pace. Thrive members enjoy weekly live e-coaching sessions and an ever-expanding library of exclusive video lessons with our faculty, thought leaders, and industry experts. You'll get proven proprietary tools to accurately assess your career and develop a realistic strategy to achieve your aims even faster. Your membership also includes chat access to faculty plus discounts to our transformative conferences. You can sign up today and use the promo code that we're going to put on the screen. That is the code 20 off 20OFF if you're not watching us and you're just listening to a podcast. That's going to be a 20% discount on your monthly subscription. That coupon code again, 20OFF. Next week, we're going to interview Cindy Miller, and you will want to hear her story, and we invite you to come back and listen with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Each week, we stream live at 2 p.m. Pacific on our website, Facebook, LinkedIn and YouTube, so you can easily share with others. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place that you get your podcasts. Check out our show notes for links to connect with our guests, plus links to websites, books, or special downloads we talked about in today's episode. This episode was made possible by the influential youth staff, faculty, and members all around the world, with a special thanks to our executive producer, Tyson Crandall, and contributions from Michael Teehee, Joey Anderley, Daryl Anderley, Paul West, and Liz Smiley, and a special thanks to our guest, Jeff Cady. The Influential You podcast is produced and influenced by Influence Ecology LLC in Ventura, California, and this episode was recorded on October 19th, 2022. The podcast theme is by Chris Standring, entitled Fast Train to Everywhere, and if you haven't yet offered a rating or review, I ask that you take a moment, go to iTunes or your podcast app, and let us know what you think. This helps us more than you know. We'll see you next week on the Influential You podcast.